Hello, everybody. Welcome to Industry Insider. This is a podcast that provides in-depth, one-on-one discussions about video games, game design, and the intimate perspective of what it's like to work inside the industry. This is hosted by me, Dai, a professional video game developer. I'm here to conduct casual interviews, hoping to educate and inspire developers of varying skill levels and consumers alike. Today's guest is a very special one. His name is Mike Hales. He is an accomplished 2D, 3D artist that has worked on some popular IPs such as Ninja Turtles, along with collaborating with the Mighty Bushes. He's also had a hand in Knife Tank, Squirrel, War, Squirrel Wars, and worked uh, worked with companies like T-Mobile. His Twitter is linked in the description. Uh, without further ado, hello, Mike. How are you? Hello there. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going well. It's going well. I got off work today, and uh, yeah, I've just been uh, just been thinking about this interview the entire day today. To be honest with you. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. Um, I did some shopping, uh, but uh, I think. And I have a roommate moving in this month, so I've oh, been kind exciting. of planning for that. And um, I reconstructed like my whole room in 3D just to see where all my furniture is gonna go mm-hmm. because it's I'm learning Blender, and I thought um, so. I wanted to put a rug in there, so I needed to. I wanted to import the rug into the the actual blend file, so I can actually check out the room to see if the rug works. Um, and it was yeah, it kind of worked. So. It, it was neat. You know, this is the first in- incident, not incident, this is the first case where I have ever heard anybody using Blender to model their room to make sure dimensions are right. And to be honest with you, I'm envious to think that I did not do it myself first. It is a great way to check out to see if the, the rug you want is actually going to fit in your room or your work with your furniture. So, um, yeah, I would... I would highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna learn to do that. I'm gonna spend some time in in Blender doing that myself. Um, I actually, I Blender was one of the first few things that I learned for game development. Actually, oh, that's cool. Um, it, I love Blender. Um, it's so. I don't want to say it's easy to use, but um, it it does feel user friendly, especially especially after the changes, like in. Uh, 2020 like they mm-hmm. they want they made that one monumental change that kind of just they reconfigured the whole ui and it just um it clicked for me it, yeah. it clicked way better than it has before and also i was really very appreciative of them supporting fbx a lot more um so like important making assets and importing them into unreal has been easier than ever than it was i don't know when i started like 20 2015 Oh man, I still have so much to learn, um, and that's the great thing. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm glad there's still a lot to learn. It keeps uh, keeps life interesting. So, <laughs> well, yeah, like I'm uh, again, I'm just constantly trying to learn new things. So today, actually, I'm here, obviously, here to interview you. But I just wanted to say it is so great to finally formally sit down and talk to you. I, I know we've actually interacted on social media a whole lot, and. Uh, it was actually completely happenstance how I ended up being being friends with you. I, I guess mutuals with you. Um, I yeah. So, so this is what happens. Um, I I think so. I, I feel like we just met on the internet, and then you on Twitter, and then um, I think I did. Yeah, then I did a drawing re- request for you, and then um, yeah, like uh, you. I think you commented on one of my friends, Dinehart. Um, and then oh, I, God. yeah, okay. and 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 I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's art seems cool. Your profile picture, I'm actually very, um, 
I, I just I don't know why I just really like that. <laughs> I think it's super cool. So I clicked on your account and I was like, yo, this guy is pretty cool. And so I just decided to 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 interact with you and follow you. And then from there I was like, you know, my brother's birthday is coming up. So why don't I just uh commission something for uh for him? He is a huge weekend fan. So a fan. And I was like, you know, what better than to have an artist who um who I like I like your art. Um, to have, to have him, you know, to support one, support an artist and two, be able to, to buy a piece that's, uh, basically one of one. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a neat request because I, I actually, I honestly had no idea who it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I got to investigate him and actually listen to all his music and, um, uh, he's a pretty stylish dude. So, uh, I was, yeah. So I've. I forget. It was maybe one of his first albums. I'm not sure, but he he read that um, the the that uh, the red suit with the black tie. I think. Oh yeah, or, uh, after hours. That was his um, pandemic album. It was a slick suit. So yeah, good reference. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, this is because my bro- my younger brother really, 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 really loves that album. So I just figured I was actually completely. I was in the middle of a Hobby Lobby when I was responding to you. And I could not, for the life of me, think of anything. And I and I looked over to my significant other, and my significant other was like, "Well, Dave really loves the weekend." And I was like, "It works out, genius." <laughs> so I was, yeah, so that's actually how it ended up happening. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Um, so uh, yeah, I I posted a video on TikTok, and mm-hmm. um, and and. and the thing is, when I do a drawing video, so the, so with this request, I thought it was the perfect uh, excuse to make another drawing video. Yeah, and I do a bunch of drawing videos on TikTok, and uh, I don't know for whatever reason, um, I decided to get one last year, and and I've got a bunch of drawing videos up there now. But um, for whatever reason, I I decided just to ignore all the advice about how how to make TikTok videos and I just I <laughs> use my own music so yeah I just use this as an excuse to also like make a remix of one of his songs to post because that's what I do with all of my videos mm-hmm. um because I again I don't like to use other people's music because makes um, sense I I think I just wanted to make a whole I just wanted. I just like to make a whole like ecomtiki experience. Um, um, but the yeah, the thing is, TikTok didn't like that particular remix because they tagged it immediately. Um, really, they recognized the song, so I just decided to actually use his actual song, which is already on TikTok. So. Yeah. Oh, so wow. no one will ever hear the remix. Um, oh well, we could. I hey, I will gladly listen to the remix. Up upload it on YouTube. Actually, it's I actually, oh, actually, for some reason, uh, Instagram let me upload the remix, so it's actually on Instagram. Oh, perfect! I will. Well, they, I would definitely have to check that out. Yeah. So, while we're while we're on the topic, how how is how is social media attacked? Uh, um, it's not attacked. Uh, how has <laughs> attaching social media to your career, um, helped you and and your art? You know, again, we I, I saw that you opened up a TikTok and. Um, of course, you just spoke about Instagram. Yeah, so so social media has been interesting. Um, I 
and it, it actually leads to like a larger picture of as far as like uh my career my quote unquote career mm-hmm. um, because i've always been kind of um uh i think i've always been kind of split as far as desire of like where i want to go next in my career but um before we talk about that um as far as social media and tiktok um tiktok surprised me because um I didn't have an account before uh, August of last year, mm-hmm. and um, I started. I started doing like um, like these drawing videos and, and like animation videos uh, when the pandemic happened. So really, when the pandemic happened, um, that that was kind of a really good excuse to open the doors to actually start learning things and doing experiments like like the i don't want to say social experience because that sounds weird but social networking experience mm-hmm. experiences um but anyways um started learning animation started learning blender started um doing stuff like that um and i started using i started using an app called byte and um that was my first like video um networking social networking um app because um i can post animation and drawing videos and stuff um but they soon they soon kind of closed down so i just decided um to use tiktok um uh, reluctantly because i was kind of avoiding tiktok because it was mostly known for like um performers like uh um musicians or dancers and things like that and i didn't think i had a place on there at all so um, I didn't really know if I would even fit in. So uh, Byte seemed to make more sense because it felt like a smaller community um, of just artists and regular people posting stuff. So, um, well, Did you find your, your groove or your lane? Did you find that it was oddly welcoming? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it really surprised me, actually. So um, I, I started doing my thing i'm so i'm ecom tiki too on mm-hmm. tiktok because my first ecom tiki account um uh i sort of forgot the password so <laughs> it happens but, <laughs> it happens so, yeah i'm so i'm fudged there but um but yeah i i was really surprised i just started posting as usual and uh and then um I had the weird idea, idea of just attaching my helicopter rescue music to it, mm-hmm. to the background, um, and using the tag Thunderphonics because um, it's that's basically the category of music it kind of belongs in. Um, um, and um, it's the video started getting like some serious views and likes, and I was getting released. I was surprised to get like two hundred likes and 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 views on TikTok when when I started it was like neat um um and then after every every other video they just started getting higher and higher and um soon enough there was one video that just went viral and it took me by surprise um and I probably should not speak of it because um, Plunder Phonics is the kind of thing where people make music and they kind of live in the gray area of copyright uh, mm. infringement. 
And um, <laughs> I, if, if you're not familiar with the Plunderphonics type no, of music... No, no, I am, I am not, actually. Um, it's basically... I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it's a derivative, but maybe it's a derivative of of, um, of hip hop because mm-hmm. it basically it's basically the idea of um, taking a couple of sources, um, maybe a beat, maybe a sample um, from movies or television or music, and putting it together into a nice soup, and then making a new soup, a new thing. Um, and yeah, so Plunderphonics is like. Um, it's like uh, sample-based uh, music. And one really good example of Plunderphonics is this band called Negative Land. Mm. Um, they're pretty well known for doing Plunderphonics-type music. Um, and they, they use a, they've used a lot of um, music from, from albums. Um, I think they got away from sampling my, some Michael Jackson albums. Oh, wow. That's I impressive. I think I think they went through a few lawsuits um, <laughs> for they they may have won. I'm not quite sure how yeah. how that worked out, but um, you can still listen to their music online. So I'm gonna have uh, to yeah I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, I I think I think I think the idea of fair use falls into play when when you do plunder phonics because as long as you as long as you change the sample long enough, uh, as long as it's um, changed enough, I think you can get away with using it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not if it's not too long and it's like a little bit different from the original, you you can kind of get away with it. But um, I'm I'm definitely um, yeah I'm I'm definitely like walking the edge <laughs> as far as putting my music out there. So, well, I mean, um, I'm I'm actually. I admire the fact that you are such a multifaceted artist. Um, you do 2D, 3D, and then now I just learned you make music and such. So it's it's like your, not repertoire, your um, portfolio seems to get larger and larger by the day. Um, how do you how do you handle that? And do you how do you relegate time for these kinds of skills? Because for me, I I find it very hard to sit down and dedicate time to a learning Blender and then studying level design and then learning how to write and i mean doing art my own self actually and then um you know do a, doing a bunch of other things like uh i'm in the middle of learning how to make a song right now um so yeah oh cool cool um i i i would i mean i would i would mention like stuff like time management things mm-hmm. you could do um, but I also would chalk it down to mental bandwidth. Um, I guess what that means is, um, especially, oh man, especially now with social media being so addictive, um, like, yeah, making, making time for stuff, um, can, can be a challenge, especially, especially with folks with ADHD like myself, um, and I've been able to muster it, but um, I think, yeah, yeah. So finding time. Um, as far as the music, um, yeah, that's the kind of thing that um, I'll just devote the evening to. Um, and I feel like that's kind of an evening, an, an evening thing. It's always been kind of like um, my 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 screw around time. Okay. 
um, for for doodling or making a drawing video or making music and um, and yeah, so it's like um, I'll just devote my evening time for that. And so it's like I could play a video game, and I like video games. I love video games, but but I could also make make a drawing video or or a painting or a new song for for the thing. So it's really. Um, I kind of have to sacrifice certain things to get other things done. And currently, lately, my my sacrifice is well, um, I don't really have to play video games right now. Um, and and plus, my PS4 is not hooked up, so that's even better. Um, but <laughs> I I do I do miss playing video games, but um, video games and. and Definitely played a huge part of my life. Um, uh, but I would say that as a creator, um, that is like that and maybe social media or a couple of things that you might have to sacrifice in order to start making time to create stuff. So, which... Yeah, o- over the pandemic, I actually sacrificed playing video games in large for my career. So it has been... Uh... I actually just recently started playing games again, heavily. Anyways, I've, I've I've played a few games over the last year with my significant other, um, but those when I look at the time charts, those pale in comparison to the games that I'm currently playing now. Um, before I was playing maybe like twenty, thirty hours um, a month, you know, and now I I mean with Elden Ring just being out, I mean I put seventy hours in it within the first oh, wow. couple weeks. So yeah. Um, man, uh, yeah, the game, so, man, the games I play, so, I, I do play a game, like, maybe, so, so when I make, so, I'm a, I live in a small apartment, mm-hmm. and, um, I don't have a living room, I have, I have, like, my desk to sit out, sit, sit at, and, and, like, uh, eat, so, so when I do that, that's when I play my, that's when I play a video game. And, oh, Okay. And the, the game that I'm currently obsessed with, for some reason, is um, Slay the Spire on Steam. Oh, yes. I'm aware of that. I and do know that game. I, I'm actually surprised at how addictive, how addic- addictive it is for me. And I, don't, I don't even know if it's addiction. I think it's just... I think it's... Um, it's fun. It just has really good replayability because mm-hmm. it, has, it has layers that you can open up after, even after you've kind of leveled up all the characters. So it's... It's fascinating. Um, it definitely has a really good um, replayability. Um, but yeah, that that's that's like the only game I'm currently playing right now. There's one more game I'm playing, um, which is really cool combination of like comic book art and um, I guess point and click adventure game or mm-hmm. like it's kind of like a text, it's like conversation game. But it's called um, it's called. I don't know. I know the name. It's, yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, Hollow, it's not Hollow Knight. Yeah, shit. Right. I forgot the name. Um, it's, it's all good. It happens. I'm sure it'll come back to you. Another game that it's like, I'll, it'll pop up in the next couple of minutes. It'll, <laughs> it'll, hey, up. when it comes back to you, let me know. All right. I'm, uh, yeah. yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about your career a little bit. Um, yeah. Again, you were uh, to me. You're an accomplished artist. Um, to you, I'm sure that you may feel different. 
Um, but again, I'm, I'm a fan of your work, and you seem to have um, a nice category of works that you've been that that you've had a hand in. Uh, so let's talk about that, or you know, we can start from the beginning. Um, yeah, so I've I've had a weird career, I guess, as far as video games. Um, I I will say, as far as video games is concerned, um, I have always kind of existed on the outskirts of game development um, in in that um, I've never really worked on a AAA video game. Um, I've always worked for like uh, small uh, independent companies and, and actually um, most of the companies I've done games for weren't game companies. Um, uh, for example, I worked at uh, my first job Okay, well, yeah, the first the first job that I'm that I worked with that I'm proud of that I'll talk about is um I worked at Danger. Um at this company called Danger in Palo Alto and they created um uh like the first flip phone that was um that came before the iPhone that had like everything like the web, email, okay. uh, SMS messaging um um and like uh everything you could possibly have on the iPhone it kind of had um before it uh, but it was like a flip phone and and it had and it felt like it felt like a game controller because it had um it had just the right buttons for playing games as well on it so um I was working in the division um where we developed the games for the system um and it their most notable phone i guess that people may have may have heard of is the t-mobile sidekick mm -hmm. um series um and i did i developed game well i i helped develop uh work on art for games like um titles like bob bob's journey um pump jack a few other things um that no one may have heard of um i i, I guess anything is it true that um like anything ten years like anything that's like twenty years old or more is basically considered vintage or is that <laughs> is, is that is that I get that feeling that's that's what's happening. Yeah, so. um I would cons I mean I guess the internet would consider that. I, I don't think twenty years is that long ago, but um when when we look at the statistics or when we look at the actual numbers 20 years ago was uh 2002 so i was eating dirt then uh yeah so i you know okay so i'm i guess i'm really old but i don't i don't <laughs> i don't usually feel old which is really weird which it is good that is a great thing it does not feel that just it does not feel like a long time anyways um yeah it's like time is really weird anyways um so I made these, so I helped make these games. Um, and, um, and so the, the, the most notable thing I want to bring up is that, yeah. um, I, I got this job because of my brother who was Steve Hales and he, he was a game, a uh, game developer when he was in his, uh, twenties. Um, he actually, no, I think he started making games in his teens, but, um, he was notable for making a game called, um, uh, for Apocalypse, for for the for, well, I guess for the Atari, but for a lot of platforms back then, uh, before the before the internet, bef before everything, um, 
yeah, the eighties. So that's so when that wow. Happened. He was he was part of the dark ages of video game development. Yeah, back yeah. When back when large studios were like twelve people. He yeah he he did the best he he could do with with um, what he had to work with. So um, and I I would think for the time they did some really interesting stuff. Um, and um, I also happened to live through it, so I'm I'm that old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and um, so yeah, so he he wanted to start the game team. Um, yeah. His his contribution were, was games, but he also um, the other thing that was notable was that he was um, kind of known for the audio component of of the of working on the device. So that was also his expertise. But um, and and after games, that's sort of what he works on now, just the audio components of um, of um, devices. So, but um, yeah, so. I will say it's because of him that I started, that I got into game dev. Um, I will say I did have a job in 1991 when I was like fresh out of high school as a teen. And um, I was probably the worst employee ever <laughs> because I did not know how to behave myself in a company. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was I, it was a huge learning experience, but um, yeah, I, I I can't imagine if I was I can't imagine if I yeah it's anyways um, that was a short lived experience, but um, yeah, I, I would say my career really took off when I started working at Danger uh, for 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 mobile games, and and it's really weird because that was bef- still kind of before. The internet as we know today and and it's really weird to say that but um yeah and that gives me pause i haven't reflected <laughs> on that for a while so I, i'm sorry um, to be bringing up uh, what <laughs> feels like nightmares <laughs> um no but it's and and you know when the, the iphone came out it was pretty awesome um and um not it was awesome because it was just an interesting time to see um, technology advance so quickly at that time. Um, and after that, um, so I'm going on tangents after tangents. Oh, so, oh danger, danger. So Your time yeah, at danger, so, yeah. So I, I worked there for a couple of years, um, um, and they 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 were actually doing well um, for a while. Um, um, and of course, you know, um, thing, things happen. The iPhone gets introduced, and I, I think um, the iPhone was a game changer for for mobile devices and for games. So, um, I, I think that was, yeah, that that was basically when um, Danger. Everyone there decided to part ways, and uh, everyone just moved on to new things. And, um, and so. Of course, the next project also involved my brother because we started another little game group in in a in a, a medium a media company in San Mateo making more games, uh, but but for the iPad this time. Oh wow! Uh, iPad, iPhone. Um, so basically, that was that was the mighty Boosh, um, and that was also um, Squirrel Wars. 
Um, and that, that was a very good experience as well because I got I not, not, only, not only to work with my brother, but I also got to work with uh, one of my best friends, uh, Doc Pop, Dr. Doc, Dr. Popular. And um, I don't know if you know him, but that would be an interesting, interesting character to talk to as well. Um, no, but I'm sure we can get acquainted. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and and that kind of segues with my with like being an artist and making music as well. So because um, he's kind of all involved in that as well. Um, and so it was really cool to actually collaborate with him on on um, on a on a video game, a couple of video games. Um, and uh, I think. Let's see. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we did them. So together we worked on this game called The Mighty Boosh, and um, it was probably the weirdest highlight of my career because I got to actually meet the, the Mighty Boosh um, to work for, work on this game, and the game was actually called The Mighty Decider, um, and for reasons that'll go in later, but. Um, uh, yeah, it's a weird thing when celebrities or um, I guess I guess you can call them celebrities. Celebrities are actually attached to like the thing you're making, like games. Um, yeah. Meeting them, and it's only it's only just weird because it's um, it's like um, really you're just you're just meeting other artists that are contributing to the thing you're making, but. Um, I don't know. At the time, I was kind of starstruck because I kind of uh, they're they're kind of a British comedy troupe that they were really um, going off, getting famous in, in the UK, and they were just starting to get big in, in the US. and um, And they they've been a while, uh, around for a while, but um, yeah, if you haven't checked if you haven't checked them out, it's um, it's it's pretty weird pretty pretty good pretty funny pretty weird stuff but um yeah um collaborating with them was like basically we we had a prototype already designed that was basically in the style of like an old-timey carnival um right carnival attraction app and we had all the art made for that but um um they decided they wanted to skin it with their own kind of look and design, so they ended up like doing most of the graphics. <laughs> wait, wait. So you're telling me that you had something prepared for them? Oh yeah. And then they basically said, "This is cool, but let's do it our way." Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, and it's because I think that may have been the only reason we were able to actually work with them because they they just wanted to dictate the look and feel of it. Um, oh, okay. because they use their own personalities and their voices in order Aww. to contribute to the app. And I will also say, um, it was, it, it's not necessarily a game and I feel really bad about this. Oh, why? Calling it a game because yeah, it's, call it, it, a game. It, it was really one of those apps, um, uh, that, that were popular at the time on iPhones where it's like the, it's the decision-making app. So... I don't know I mean, it's, why it's interactive. Yeah. Did, yeah. Then I would call it a game. Yeah. I, I don't know if, why anyone would need this app 
or, or need any app like that. <laughs> um, we decided let's just do a dis- decision making app, and um, and I think that just kind of fit the comedy troupe because they they could lend their personality to each like little decision making thing you could do on the on the app. And I don't even know if the app is available anymore. So um, I but- will I will check that out let me i'm actually gonna run to google real quick and try to see if i could download it uh oh oh man there there is an interview with the mighty boosh um they 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 get interviewed and ask questions about the app and um they're a little bit snarky about it and i i I would say it's appropriate because it's a weird situation to as a comedy trip to do with to like lend their presence to like a decision making app but um it, it was, was a uh, ridiculous time it was so. only up for a year um yeah which is which is kind of wild <laughs> um yeah that was a trip did you but... did you find their what's it called wow they were on Jimmy Fallon um yeah, that was the interview. They, <laughs> you were asked about the app, and it, they, yeah, they were they were pretty snarky. But it's, I don't care. <laughs> hey, that's all good. Did you did you find that their working with them was intrusive to your uh, process, or was it something like uh, you were happy to have somebody come in and 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 kind of have a, a singular vision? So it helped speed things along. So, um. As much as as much as I loved making a skin, um, like a carnival themed skin for it, which I wish we could use for something else. But as much as I loved doing that process and designing it, um, I I was kind of okay um, with them kind of coming in and having like um, art direction. Um, they they actually had a really particular look and feel and style to their whole presence in 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 the show and in print as well um they actually came out with a with an art book um about their backgrounds of the characters and it was full of photos and like um little art puzzles and art things and and um and mostly humorous but yeah it they definitely had an aesthetic so i was all i was okay with the the whole aesthetic and we I actually got to do a lot of flash animation, so I think that was the one time I used a lot of flash as well to do like um like an animated background and like um I animated a few of the a few of the backgrounds, but I think most of the animation um I can think a lot of the animation and a lot of the stuff like that was done by um by dr popular so and he he may he he also was the art director as well i i think so he he, I think, did most of the talking with them, but we did get a chance to go to actually go to the UK and and meet the 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 lead, the, the people who put the production together, um, to kind of like talk about what what this app is and what it means. So, so that was a neat experience, even though it was just for like a decision making app, um, and <laughs> and. I guess so. Then, and the the other the only other project we we were able to work on was um, Squirrel Wars. It's like um, third person 
it's, it's kind of like um it's like a what is what do you call it? a real strategy like a real-time a strategy tower, game tower defense what's that tower defense yeah sort of yeah rts real-time strategy yeah um and it was neat it's it's squirrels you 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 have to select the squirrels and like gather gather nuts from trees and like assemble towers and uh, defend defend your base and it was it was really cute and um it was a huge learning experience as well um i i wish it would would have done better but it definitely had some things that could have been improved um that that um we we noticed later but um it's okay i i think it was a great experience and um it's always fun to collaborate with people on projects so um i think i think after that i kind of moved on to like another company called siftio which is completely different system that they created so um stop me if i'm like no it's all good hey man keep going do your thing might... i'm gonna get some water real quick oh yeah go ahead <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, also, um, yeah, so, uh, forgive me. Like, um, as far as, like, rambling on and talking about, like, my my career and um, my past and whatnot, I'm not used to it. So I'm kind of, I'm trying to get a feel for it. So it's like I'm trying to, yeah, not bunch everything all at once. So, <laughs> um, it's all good. Once you... Uh, once you get into the flow of things, you'll you'll find that often that you'll hit the 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 big markers, the bullet points. You know, I'm really trying. To <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to focus on the bullet points. Um, so so Siftio was also kind of on the edge of game de- um game development because the in the yeah because they we made games yeah but I I I they didn't. They definitely, we didn't definitely, we definitely didn't get as much, um, you know, uh, attention as like, you know, AAA games. So, um, which is unfortunate um, because their platform was really cool. And they, they made, they created this really innovative platform where they took these interactive cubes that you, you kind of mush together and in different ways um, to interact with things on the screen, to move them around. They were trying to kind of compete with other handheld devices, which was, um, you know, a huge challenge. Um, and so we we did our best to make some some cool games that utilize the the uh, the way the the pieces like work together. And um, it was it was neat. It was really challenging to design games for that platform. And I. My my role was weird because I I didn't necessarily do final art. I I think it was the first job where I I was kind of in charge of doing things that I didn't necessarily know how to do and um I think I was a little bit overwhelmed. So was that um, um was that one of those things that you just showed up on set and they were just like, "All right, you're doing this now." Uh it was more like it's like I I found myself I, I think they had the expectation that I would be managing people and I had never managed people before, like, you know, like other artists on mm-hmm. things. And, um, and now, so that was really weird. And uh, only because um, I didn't know ahead of time. And um, 
yeah, I, I think I did a horrible job, so. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the product launched, right? Well, the product launched. Um, so I'm um, sure you did perfectly fine. And the other, so the other, the other, um, the other notable experience that I had, which was also a weird experience, was with um, a game that didn't didn't get published, but it was called um, We Warriors, and it was basically um, basically the story that was conjured up by um, I think um, Richard Garfield, and we we got a chance to work with him for a while. Um, Magic, he's the creator of Magic: The Gathering, the card game. That's um, so cool. I actually used to spend Friday nights in high school um, playing Magic. I actually still have my um, Star City Games punch card. It it is such a cool game that I wish I wish I had a chance playing it uh, when I was a kid because it look it's such a cool looking game. Especially just I I just I just love all the the artwork on the cards and mm -hmm. and um just the the lore behind all the characters and uh, i i i would collect them for that alone if i was if i got into it when i when when it came out um um so that was a cool experience but it didn't it didn't yeah it the game didn't publish um and um again it was kind of a startup company and um they they kind of got to a point where they decided to to stop doing the thing and move on and do something else. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about working for a product that doesn't get published? Um, I mean, fortunately, I've had the experience of having uh, my product published, but I o only ever hear people working on things for four to five years with an NDA, and then. They can't talk about it. So, uh, if if there's anything you can talk about, um, I, yeah, how was it? How was it working on a product that didn't didn't ship? Um, it is disheartening. It it does it does feel bad. Um, and I don't think I'm under any NDA at the moment as far as games that didn't launch. Is as at least I don't think I am. Um, but um. I I was definitely disappointed, um, but I I was kind of I I kind of made peace with it only because um, I I did get paid to do the work, so there's that, and um, I did I did learn a lot. I got to meet some interesting people, and um, yeah. So I think I think the experience itself was very cool. I will say. In the environment, there was no crunch time, so it wasn't like your average game company where they're about to release a product on a known platform and they got to crunch really hard to fix all the bugs and all that stuff. Um, I thankfully we didn't we didn't experience that um, uh, because it's just we know it was our own platform and. Um, and in the case, and then in the case with um, like Danger again, yeah. So it's like most of the game dev experience I've had were with companies that created their own platforms for their games. So it was 
a weird experience. So well, that's like really, really cool though, because I've come from a background where I've had established platforms. So was it like working with proprietary technology or was it one of those things where you put the Legos together as you go? You put the brick, you put the brick down as you're building the road. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So especially with Siftio, with the Siftio cubes, um, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, I, were, were you, were you talking about the Siftio cubes or? No, just in, in, in general. Oh, a, a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> but the Siftio cubes is cool. I, I think I remember seeing a commercial about it. I'd say proprietary. Yeah, that that was the other kind of a downside because um, as far as Siftio and Danger is concerned, those those games didn't really launch anywhere else. They were kind of stuck with within that platform. Um, and you know, I I know. There are people that own the the IP to some of those games, and I'd I'd love to see them on some other platform. But like wrangling the the rights to make those games can be difficult. So, um. So, anyways, yeah, it was. There's there's that. Um, but overall, I'm not too disappointed that um, that some some of the the things didn't launch. Um. I think I'm just grateful that I got paid to do it and that I had some experience along the way. So um. yeah, because again, I, I was just afraid that you had a horror story for us. Um, <laughs> so that was that was that. I mean, it's it's nice. It's a breath of fresh air to hear that. Yeah, you got paid and everything went uh, semi well, and then you moved on to the next project. Semi well, yeah. Um, I so I. I I do have a horror story if you if you really need to hear, <laughs> hear a horror story, but it's more of a personal horror story. But hey, if you want to share it, go ahead. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, bullet points. I'll focus on bullet points. That's how that's how we'll get through it. Um, so I think I think basically after Siftio, I kind of I started doing. Um, I didn't go back and work for a company. I started doing freelance, mm-hmm. um, doing little projects. And, and that's where I got the chance to do um, this game called Electropocalypse. Um, and that's also a game that's kind of hard to find, but you kind of, kind of find some things on, on YouTube, like interviews. But um, it was a cool concept. It, it, it was basically an app. It was a game to teach kids how to learn electronics and make things in electronic using uh, electricity, um, and so it had all it had like um, all the components you can play with, and it also had like a little backstory with the characters. Um, and I got to use my comic book making chops to make a comic book to to go along with the uh, the, the the game. So yeah, I used to self publish comic books too. So there's that. That's. Um, Again, you are continually becoming cooler and cooler by the second. Um, I th- I think ultimately I I guess I I I am a jack of all trades, and I think that may may have been detrimental in actually forming like a legitimate a legitimate lasting career in game dev. But um, I, yeah, but that's I, that could be another conversation for another time but um oh yeah so uh back to the horror story um 
uh, the, so the horror story was basically I I think I kind of burned out on on game dev for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was partly due to due to the stress, but also partly due to the fact that I had um, a couple of I had a couple of desires as far as like where I wanted to go um, career wise, and part of me really wanted to be an artist, an illustrator. Um, or make make a name for myself as an artist, an illustrator, or, or a painter, or something like that. And unfortunately, I didn't really know how to, to actually put myself out there and like uh, market myself. Um, and I'm not sure if this, I don't know, I'm not sure if the ADHD had anything to do with it. But um, I was not good with networking. I was not good with um, marketing myself, um, even with social networking you know, using the apps, I was kind of shy on the apps. I was just kind of like posting, I'd just post artwork and then just leave it there to be. So, um, so, uh, yeah, so burnout, went through burnout, experienced that. Um, uh, I pivoted, I, I pivoted, that's, I hate using that word, but, um, I decided to, uh, I needed like to work in a completely different job. So I started working at Pete's Coffee as a barista. Mm-hmm. And I did that for four years. And um, that really helped me because it just helped me um, get out of my shell as far as like uh, my shyness towards people. And it really helped me be able to have a conversation with people and, and, uh, get used to working in a fast-paced environment and just talk to people and um you know especially you know on demand like just you know trying to convince someone to buy something or sell them something or at least talk about something you're interested in or excited about and um yeah i still need yeah um anyways i did that for four years and um i think so the pandemic basically uh I got furloughed in the pandemic and mm-hmm. that kind of ended and I thought I was going to move to Los Angeles uh but I didn't and and I just kind of got stuck here um in San Francisco so I um, uh, wow I actually I have a lot of love for San Francisco um oh I uh, I went to school there too. UC <laughs> UC Berkeley baby Oh awesome go bears Awesome. I, I I went to I went to Academy of Art College when it was cheap um, in the nineties, <laughs> and um, so yeah, that's another thing. I felt really kind of privileged to experience that when it was affordable to ex- experience it. Um, and yeah, um, and I think I think. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm just going out of order here. Um, yeah, so uh, I had I experienced burnout um, in like 2013, 14. Uh, but the other thing was that I I had uh, gotten there. There was um, there was someone who had committed suicide mm-hmm. in, in in my building when I was working at the company in San Mateo, working on Squirrel Wars. Um, it, it was a young lady. And um, it, it just kind of, um, you know, 
took us by surprise. And um, the the aftermath, the aftermath is really what um, like really did me in <laughs> because um, basically the company, um, a couple of higher ups and and me as well got accused of like uh, cons- conspiracy conspiracy of uh, I think cons- conspiracy of murder or something like that. Oh, um, I had never <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. I'm so sorry. That was uh Yeah. That's that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. No, you can imagine so uh that started happening when I was working at Siftio and that's when I started like getting burned out and like uh not being able to focus on work because you know what it's um I I would not recommend getting accused of of anything really. <laughs> and, um it, it yeah, just... I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna note that make sure yeah, not to get yeah. accused of murder anytime soon um it's really sad um I I went out to lunch with her one time and then had a conversation like in in the elevator with her but like mm-hmm. I man I don't know anyways it was her her parents were going through a lot I think um they were in Canada and um I think I don't I don't know but I suspect um English was her second language and and she was really quiet didn't really speak much so um that that could have been there could have been something there but um still like when it's uh I that was the second suicide I had experienced in my life as far as people around me committing it um the first one was a friend back when I was much younger, a friend of the fa- of a of a family that I used to hang out with, um, and it's really it's just really weird. Um, but yeah, being accused of anything involved in something like that, it took it lasted for a lot of a couple of years, and I never I never went to trial. Like they kind of like settled it, it everything. Like dissolved. It it's all it's all it's all resolved, and they all okay. settled it. Um, that's it a was br- that's, uh, um, I'm excited it, it, for you. I was, I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a it took a couple of years to resolve. Um, but yeah, I I felt bad for the for the the family, and I felt bad for people that work there. But um, I it's I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's it could have it could have been like stress related or just like not knowing many people i who i don't know i i can't really speculate but it just um the aftermath was uh yeah i i think i and i actually don't know if that contributed to my adhd or not but mm-hmm. probably a little bit um not sure i'm i mean i don't want to i don't want to blame that for for anything um it is what it is but uh i definitely think that that had an impact at at a certain point so um yeah so i just wasn't able to like make anything or work or do anything for 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 a while and um kind of slowly ran out of was slowing slowly running out of money that that year um so yeah so it was it was 2016 when I decided that I needed to get out of my weird funk and just um, go to get a job anywhere. So I, I just forced myself to get a job at Pete's Coffee. And 
um, cause I love coffee and mm-hmm. I needed an excuse to get up and get out of my house every day. So, um, well, I'm, I'm actually super glad that you were able to pull yourself up out of the hole. I mean, that, that uh, this is definitely a defining moment for you. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I, and I don't, I haven't really talked about it and, um, and yeah, this is, I, I'm, I'm experiencing the first of many things in this interview right now. So, <laughs> well, um, I, if it's negative, I apologize. But if it is positive, then I'm glad that you were able to get it off your chest. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really, I'm actually really glad to have the interview. I would definitely love to have more chats, uh, just have more conversations. Um, I think it's help, especially, oh man, especially with the pandemic. I think that also. I think that's also a thing that just kind of, kind of. I mean, screwed I can, with people's heads. A yeah, lot. let's pivot a lot because it it happened a lot to me. So uh, I actually okay. So this might actually be a little bit of like existentialism. So you know, oh, you, I love it. You can there. <laughs> <laughs> you could stop me at any moment in time, but I do want to ask you. Um, I mean, how, how was the pandemic on your career, on your, on your mental health, um, or working from home even if you did uh, spend time doing that? Um, because it seems to me, I was actually thinking about it today at work, um, it seems to me that the more we got more connected, like me, we as a people got more connected over the pandemic, but I've unfortunately never felt lonelier. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Um, I... <laughs> I will say, I will say that it was great. Um, it was fantastic. Um, now that I look back on it, um, I probably should not have enjoyed it, but I it was great because um, I I'm an introvert and mm-hmm. and um, I mostly stay at home, anyways, doing things um, and it. I kind of just eased into it and it allowed me more time to uh, learn Blender. I started learning Blender around mm-hmm. that time and I started doing animation. I started learning animation on this app on the iPad called um, Lipaclip. It was really easy and fun to use and and uh, started posting more on social media with those animations. Um, and started getting into video editing because of that as well. So I just started learning a lot of weird stuff that ended up being interconnected um, while experiencing that. And um, and yeah, I see. I think it was mostly positive. And yeah, I think it was mostly positive for me. Um, I mean, thankfully, thankfully, I I didn't I don't know anyone who's suffered covid or have died from covid thankfully so um i know i heard it's it's horrible and and uh i definitely don't think it's going away anytime soon but um i feel very i feel very lucky privileged the fact that i kind of kind of avoided it so far and most of my friends and family have avoided it so far so that's that's cool um yeah, but it's definitely that that part of it's really kind of stressful. Um, just trying to s- stay safe, and now feeling like a weirdo because 
I still want to stay safe while everyone is kind of like out and about. Yeah, just kind of to pretend feel it's like they're print kind of pretending that it doesn't exist anymore. It's like, hey, it's everything's cool. Hey, we're, it's, it's over like, now. Normal. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nerve wracking. It's it's yeah. um it, it it drives my anxiety through the roof. Um, because I'm I'm like, do you guys not care? Because like, un- unfortunate, it's very unfortunate. I have to say this, but we had two COVID related deaths. Um, we actually, uh. sorry, not COVID related. They were actually caused by COVID. Um, we had two COVID deaths at work, um, at my site, and all like my friends got COVID, and my my younger sister got COVID, which was terrifying. Because then I had to, we basically had to lock down the house to make sure that my mother was safe. Um, and it, it was just, it was just, it's a very, it was a very nerve wracking time. It was very, it felt like I was just always on thin ice. Um, and oh. it, it just, it just wasn't good. Um, I'm sure I've had it. Uh, I unfortunately, we were crunching at the time, so I still had, I was still obligated to come to work. So I had it and we all kind of, I feel like everybody in the building had it at one point in time, but we still had to come to work and it it was just, I don't know. It just felt detrimental to my, to my mental health because it was like, how, how expendable can we be, you know, during this entire situation? Um, yeah, yeah my, my compensation was like $180 for working through the pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which oh, well. I, I mean it is it is what it is but moving on it just uh yeah covid is it was very serious and it, it was kind of crazy like uh i never expected it and i the craziest part was that i had just came home from vietnam so i had just came home from being home so oh, wow. i had landed yeah. in the united states and then we were instantly on lockdown oh yeah wow just trout yeah I can imagine traveling at that time. It was just unbearable um, anywhere. Uh, man, I, yeah, and a lot of weird things about the whole pandemic. Like, it's, it's, it's bad enough that this is like, um, that, that it's a disease that people are catching, they're getting sick from. But it's another thing that it's kind of become like politicized and turned into like, an excuse for a cultural war and it that that's also the weird aspect of this whole thing it's like that that's even making it worse because it's because of the of making it of turning it into like part of a culture war that is the reason why so many people aren't taking it seriously anymore mm-hmm. and that kind of pisses me off but um i mean uh yeah I, it's very unfortunate to see on the news um the basically people that look like me getting uh, blamed, attacked, harassed, and even killed. Um, yeah, it, it's that... it's very. I, I know at one point in time, a bunch of my friends and coworkers had texted me like, "Please be safe, getting home." And I, I don't know. It just it was. It, it was very. How have you been holding up? By the way, as far as that that's concerned. Um. I think it's because it's not home. Does that make sense? Like it's not in my backyard, which is really, really odd. Because I live in Virginia, so my so during the Charlottesville riots, if you didn't, if you don't, if you remember those, I I don't know. It was a couple years back, maybe it was three years back, four years back, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, something like that. Um, a bunch of white supremacists 
um, marched in Charlottesville, which is literally in oh. my backyard. Okay. And, and yeah. I was like, okay, this is very, very close to home. But when COVID happened, it seemed like everything was happening in like New York, San Francisco, um, Florida, you know, uh, middle Midwest, that kind of stuff. So it felt very far away from me. Oh, okay. So I, there was a little bit of a disconnect. I won't lie and be disingenuous. There was a little bit of a disconnect, but it still hurt to see that. I mean, at any moment in time, I could be the next next person, you know. And uh, it's very unfortunate that I've had had this experience. But several years back, four years ago, so before the pandemic happened, uh, my mother was actually a a victim to uh, something like this. Um, we ended up fighting it in court and then losing for some reason. Um, so it was very disheartening to have memories like this flood back and, and, and realize that it, it very much impacted my own home. So yeah, it, it was, it was kind of a scary time. I basically just went to work and came directly home. Uh, again, all my friends texted me and made sure that I was safe. And it was like, I felt that they were not overbearing, but they were like, I felt like it was too much. But at the same time, I understood that it was very much a real, real threat, real presence. Uh, so yeah. Are you still in Virginia or somewhere? Yeah, else? yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still in Virginia. Oh wow, okay. Um, yeah. So I again, I feel kind of lucky that I was living in San Francisco, San Francisco during the pandemic because. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, San Francisco, um, at least the area, seemed to deal with it pretty well. Um, I, we, uh, I mean, we had a lockdown, like even before everyone else had a lockdown. And mm-hmm. um, people, for the most part, seemed okay with it. Um, and uh, there weren't any weird riots or, as far as I know, any weird situations like weird Karens like exploding all over the place and like <laughs> thing to, to put on a mask or anything. I don't think yeah. that kind of thing happened in, in SF, but, um, well, I mean, yeah. San Francisco also has the benefit of being home of counterculture. So there, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just very inclusive, very fun place. It has that history. Yes. Um, um, I think, um, yeah, so it, it, it was, yeah. So it was okay. Um, I didn't. I didn't feel too threatened, and mm-hmm. um, it was kind of pleasant to go get groceries, um, <laughs> and wear a mask. And I actually kind of, kind of found it comforting that um, all the businesses were kind of ready with, with, uh, with all the things like the mask and and the, the rules and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like they just, they just. You know, followed along and stepped in and did it, and um, we kind of all got along with it. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, it was kind of a smooth experience um, for me, anyways. Um, so yeah, so it's always weird to hear experiences of COVID in other cities where there's people not like like um, causing causing a fuss because they don't want to wear a mask and like I mean it definitely was mayhem over here cuz I'm 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 by the capital I'm by Washington DC so that insurrection stuff is very very close to home Oh yeah that's 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 weird It's wild <laughs> it's, oh, dude it's wild <laughs> Yeah I just I just 
some sometimes I wonder if this whole pandemic kind of started a butterfly effect as far as all the weird political stuff now happening, or at least just made it worse. Um, I don't know. I think it I just made it more mainstream that. to be... Uh, no, okay. I think the internet, okay? So everybody being locked down. I think the internet is what caused it, right? That, that this, <clears throat> this uh, time where we're overly connected with each other, yeah? yeah? I think that once the pandemic hit and everybody was at home and, and basically left to their own devices outside of their routine, I think that people started being more honest on the internet and that honesty breeds, well, ignorance and, 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 and plenty of other things. I mean, I'm sure that honesty has bred a lot of cool things, but also at the same time, um, it has led to a junction of messiness, I think, to put it politely. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a Pandora's box of First Amendment issues. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> well, how did you how did you find your way through the pandemic? Did you have any inspiration, or did, were you? I mean, you say you're an introvert, so this this is kind of where you thrived. Did you just find things to be busy with, skills that you wanted to learn, things that you wanted to do? Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I I, I touched on it a little bit, but um, I started learning uh, Blender, three mm-hmm. D, and I started. Um, learning animation, like 2D animation, just uh, I was kind of into it. I, I just kind of got into it because I was interested. But um, and I did. I only really did that because I just wanted something to put to put on on bite to be interesting. And because I wasn't really interested in showing my face or doing performance art or singing or anything like that so i thought all right animation some sort of art that's that's the thing that i will share to the world as far as video is concerned so um i started doing that and um and honestly um it kind of kind of my interest kind of blossomed blossomed in my desire to make like music videos and i thought um I, I'm kind of learning a lot of interesting things that music videos, huh? And for music videos, so I, I thought, like like animated music videos. Um, animated in yeah, in some respects, yeah, I think so. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, oh, okay, cool. Because this this is a very little known fact about me. Uh, I'm going to share this with you. Uh, I actually used to direct music videos. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so I mean, not animated like obviously, uh, music videos, music videos, but um, hip hop music videos to be exact. Um, oh. I was even in one, but oh, you should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I made twelve of them. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so it was it was a very uh, what's it called? It was a very short lived endeavor, to be honest with you. I I was very. I that ended sounds up, like a career though. I it, I mean it was a very cool career. I I just um it it was short lived because uh with the hip hop scene I I kind of got tired of having guns pointed at me. So huh. I felt like it was my time to exit. Um no, there was actually a lot of creative differences. Uh I wanted to I wanted to be I, I'm a huge fan of movies. 
Are are you are you speaking metaphorically or literally as far as the guns are concerned? No, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Um, Yeah, but it's I'm a huge fan of movies, so I wanted to be director in the sense of like creator, writer, director. I wanted to tell a nuanced story. Um, Obviously, my cohorts that I was spending time filming around were wanted more nonsense which is perfectly fine that's uh again i'll just chalk it up to creative differences um but yeah again huge fan of movies but uh i ended up taking that detour um for a short period of time ah okay that's that's cool um yeah i mean yeah uh game i think game dev is cool but i it's like there's all these other there's all these other things that um if you have the time that you could try and it's yeah, the, the challenge is really like figuring out what do you want to spend the most time on, and like time management is a thing that I, I was not necessarily very good with, and it's like, um, yeah. So that was that's that's awesome that you're able to have that experience, and maybe hopefully in the future you can do it again. I'm sure I'll return to it. I I, I do want to direct something in 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 the future but right now i think i'm gonna spend my time as a film school reject and 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 spend time in the video game development industry and and other things um yeah so i think video games is great for me because it's like a the greatest intersection of art music um interactivity and movies because of the because of the scale of games now I think there's still there's still a lot of room to grow. There's still a lot of things that haven't been tried, and I think there's also a lot of voices that haven't had a chance. There's a lot of people that haven't had a chance to actually um, get to a point where they can create something with in this industry and have a platform to do it. Yeah. And, um, well, let's let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about the future. Let's talk. I mean, what would you like to see? Um, I, so I like the direction that the film industry is going. I, okay. So first of all, um, as far as mentioning names and life of like directors and people that admire, sometimes I won't remember them. So sometimes I'm going to have a hard time. Oh, I'm a huge, again, I'm a huge cinephile. (laughs) So go, I mean, if you name a movie or name a style, I probably know them. Okay. All right, cool. So, yeah. So, um, first of all, I think um, I mentioned film, but yes. like video games as well. I think um, I think diversity is probably the best thing that could happen to any industry, the film industry, video game industry, uh, only because um, that's where that's where new that's where new ideas are. That that's where the imagination is, and it's like. Um, if if you want an industry to evolve, you know, make progress, like, um, you know, you're going to get tired of making sequel after sequel of, like, already existing property, and there's, there's you got to have new voices. And if there's new voices coming from completely different cultures that didn't necessarily have a platform to begin to, in the, in, you know, earlier, then uh, I, I think more power to them. I think that would be an awesome thing. It, it 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 only means there's going to be more cooler video games and more cooler movies out there to watch and experience. So, um, I I look 
kind of look forward to it, to it. Um, yeah, that's that. I think that's my. I, yeah. That's yeah, my I'm. Point. I'm. <laughs> I'm just interested on on. I mean, just giving more people a platform. I think the with the way Unreal Engine and everything is is growing at, at such a well, just an absolutely massive rate. I think that it's inevitable before we get massively diverse voices. I mean, I, I saw a showcase for a show or for a video game called uh, I think it was like Volcano High, and. It was like the entire studio was women-led, women directing, women writing. Uh, uh, I think there was like a couple guys on board, but it, it was like majority women. And it's Ooh. like, that's cool. Like, that's nice to have a mainstay like that. And then, of course, uh, if you know the game Kana, Bridge of Spirits. Um, I'm familiar with it. I haven't played it yet. Uh, it's very fascinating here that they're uh, Josh and Brian Greer. I think those are their names. I apologize if you guys are watching and or if you guys are listening and and I butchered that, but they are like the first game studio to be owned by Black Americans, and it's like fascinating, but also kind of disheartening here that they're the first. Does that make sense? Like it's no, like yeah. wow, it's it's been so long. Like games have been alive for thirty, forty, fifty years. And it's like, now you're just the first. But it's nice to see that we're entering this decade with a lot of firsts, with a lot of new IPs, new intellectual prowess, new, just in general, new uh, new talent, new blood. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that, that movie that just came out from Pixar, Turning Red, was... Um, Did you watch it? Pretty awesome. I, I loved I ha- it. I haven't seen it yet. Um... I should get on that. Tell me about it. Tell and, me. I, I mean, review it. I, I don't know. I don't know if you. Well, as much as I can, as much as I can, be able to describe it. Um, I mean, it's a Pixar animation. It's like uh, it is one of those coming of age stories, mm-hmm. um, and which I'm, I'm, a, is, I'm a total sucker for. Yeah, and the, the protagonist is um, female, and her and her and her and her crew basically, and um, it's about her growing up, and it's like. Uh, you know, she has this way of turning into like this huge panda. It's kind of a metaphor for like basically reaching puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, uh, just as far as I think that I thought the story was cool, but I, just as far as um, man, like, like the animation, um, just the animation itself, that the art direction um, was just gorgeous, beautiful. Um, and um, I think, I th- yeah. Uh, movies like that are really inspiring, um, and I just use that as an example of just like more more diversity in in filmmaking. But um, honestly, even if I didn't know who was behind it, I, I think um, it was one of the most coolest animation movies that I've that I've seen um, in in a while. Um, especially when you see the panda explode back into. <laughs> the girl the explosion animation all the the sparkly bits that animate or just looked really cool yeah it was just neat um i mean are there any other sources of inspiration for you i mean for me a lot of it comes from movies uh, to oh, me yeah. so, to so, me i watch a butt ton of movies and i'm like this is so cool and i just oh, want to steal so, all yeah. of this stuff so, movies um man it, it it yeah like uh science fiction horror movies um, 
music as well and music actually is a really huge uh, um insp inspiration um i would say that uh yeah i i'd say when i'm working um music is probably the best thing to get inspired by for, for me um uh, and yeah um I mean, I could, you know, I can, I can give examples. I guess I don't know how much detail I can go. I, I would say every, everything is inspiring to me as, as far as an artist is concerned. I mean, mm -hmm. taking, taking a walk outside, and just noticing, like, uh, trash on the sidewalk or graffiti or murals or, um, like even, oh man, even even a garbage can that's kind of a. a, a kind of weirdly adjacent to like an opening to a store or something just weird like visual stuff everything is like visual so it's like mm -hmm. anything visual is really inspiring yeah um, photography is a hobby of mine um yeah and so i can kind of relate to the idea like just taking a walk outside is is a well it's just a fresh palette you know yeah i, I you can tell i get excited about talking about it because i go ahead talk about it this is this is your moment yeah so <laughs> photography was definitely something that i was really into for a mm -hmm. while um yeah even even when i had cameras that were like really really low resolution um um it was still fun to just like um i, th I think it came from like just going to, to art school having that kind of experience and like getting a, having a trained eye just looking for compositions and yeah color studies and all that but i yeah um, that was just a fun thing to do, to go outside, spend a couple hours and just look for visual treasures and just take photos of things and compositions and colors. That was more difficult, so I, I didn't do that much. I, I mostly photographed trees and cracks in the sidewalk and uh, murals and things like that. That was kind of inspiring. Um, but yeah, that was that's also a thing that really helped me um, just stay creative and get the creative juices flowing. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Another thing is um, drawing from life, drawing drawing workshops, drawing people, drawing things. Like learning how to draw those things is really also a good way to keep fresh as far as. Um, keeping your brain juices nice and warm and happy. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so <laughs> keep the creative juices flowing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking so of art, um, I, again, I, I am actually appreciative that you included an extra thing of art in uh, my commissioned work from you which was completely unnecessary so thank i never i i did get a chance to thank you but uh i'm again thanking you formally uh vocally this time i just want to again show my gratitude towards that that was uh oh yeah, yeah. the the, mu the music thing right the or the something yeah else. yeah you had uh i had commissioned the weekend and then you slipped in an extra piece Oh, um, and, and yeah. Okay. yeah, so thank you for that. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, you're welcome. Um, that, yeah, I, I, um, I could, I would, I would like to do that more. Um, 
it, it's it's weird asking ask it like figuring out how to ask people on the internet if they would like if they would like me to do commissions and i so th- this comes in where um i'm not very good at promoting myself or mm-hmm. like being like a good professional illustrator as far as like asking people if they want a thing and if they would like to spend money on that thing and it's like it's um it's a it's a negotiation i'm still trying to figure out online like hey commissions are open like do this thing and for this amount of money and it's it's i'm still trying to figure out how to ask it in a way that isn't isn't weird for me i guess oh um, i mean yeah no that makes sense i'm uh i'm terrible i i actually don't share my <laughs> art i don't share my art at all um I don't know. I just feel like it's once you put it out there in the world, it's I don't know. I I don't know how you deal with it, but it's freaking terrifying. I I make lots of terrible art. That's how that's how I do it. Um, I there there are times when I I cannot. There are times when I can't draw and I don't feel motivated to draw. So I. So, when that happens, I I make. Um, I do a compromise. I yeah. I decide all right um I want to force myself to draw so I I'm just going to draw purposely really bad art um and just and, and that's how I would get out of my um creative funk so to speak like um man I don't even know the phrase what do you call it it's like art like artist block art block yeah yeah so it's like when I'm there and I I kind of want to make art but I can't seem to for some reason, the best way is to say uh, I can't swear on here, but I'll, I'll say screw it, you know. So yeah. uh, I'll say screw it. Um, I'll just make garbage. I'll make garbage art. I'll make crap on the paper, and um, doesn't matter if it's good or not. And uh, and eventually I'll discover some sort of flow that happens when I'm doing that in that process. And Something kind of takes over, and I kind of find a groove again after a while. If I keep, if I keep at it, um, yeah. That that for me, that screwed mentality comes in the form of stickers. I love making stickers, um, because my significant other likes stickers. So I actually, I really just make stickers and art for her. Neat. And I don't. <laughs> she has them all over her computer in her water bottle. Well, and that's. that's... that's... I've, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I've been wanting to make stickers as well. Um, I've been wanting to make so many things and sell it online on uh, Big Cartel or Etsy or Society6. And I'm kind of, I've been kind of scheming to do that. I have picture, I have like original art and hopefully painting soon that will be available for sale. But I'm, for the longest time, I've been trying to just, figure that out as well and just well sell. let me get your first painting how about that what's up i said let me get your first painting <laughs> how about that uh you're yeah you're sold i will, <laughs> <You're on it. laughs> I, will bid, I will bid on it i will fight tooth and nail for it um i yeah and hopefully you know hopefully in the future um um if I ever have another interview again, I'll I'll be better at that. Um, I do apologize. I I I'm doing my best at this interview. I think I think um man, I'm just mumbling a lot. Like like 
I'm I doing my best. I think you're just being too hard on yourself. I think you're doing fine. Uh, it's frankly okay. to me the time has flown like incredibly. So and, and I actually haven't really asked you that many questions that I have written down. So I will. I guess we could just get uh, quote, air quotes here back on track. Um, yeah, 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 you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, when did you? Uh, when did you know you wanted to become an artist or just work in the industry in general? Like, were you? Did you just wake up one day and thought this would be cool or? Did you uh, wake up one day and, and collab with your brother and thought to yourself, like, I actually really like this? So um, as far as an artist, I, I mean, I went to art school. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had the artist bug in high school, and yeah. I started making my own um, comics in high school. They were, they were horrible, of course. Um, Do you still have any? I, well, yeah, I, I have a few, and they were all horror comics. Um, I tr I, as as far as I knew, I tried to make it as gory as possible because I kind of, I kind of grew up on horror films. I, um, you know, that's that we have that in common. I strive <laughs> to make horror video games. Oh, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah, those, those, yeah, I, I can't play those for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I am a, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't play them either. But I love, I would love to make them. I don't oh. know why. I, I genuinely don't know why. Actually, uh, I can I can tell you why I can't play them. For one reason, is because they're not accessible to me. I don't have a PC, mm -hmm. and a lot of horror games aren't on the particular platforms that I have for some reason. Um, I've yeah. been wanting to play the um, the uh, evil the Resident Evil series for a while, but like some it's sometimes it's just um, yeah, it's released on PC or some or PS4, or some platform that I don't have at the moment, so I just never get around to playing it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's another tangent. Um, Art school. Uh, Art school. Yeah, horror comics. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was, so... That was at least, uh, that was inspiring. The horror movies in the past were inspiring. Um, I think that's where it started, just me creating stuff. Um... My first horror movie was Aliens. I saw it at, when I was 13, I think. I just I don't know why they let me in the theater, but it was like I guess they didn't care. So so that that was awesome. Um and I think after that I just uh started getting into like because of like the first game dev job I had at 19 in in, in the company I will not name um uh I at least I, I started doing like figuring out digital art and mm -hmm. back then it was just pixel art. So um there was no three D and you really couldn't do anything more advanced than, than like uh really low resolution pixel art stuff. But that quickly changed, of course. Um, um although I, I guess I guess um I think I think like Castle Wolfenstein and Doom came out around that time, like 80, 89, 90, mm -hmm. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, so yeah, I guess there was three. There was sort of three D, quote unquote three D. Um, but um, yeah, and then I think um, when I was in school, I got into like indie comics. Um, I I wasn't really into superhero hero comics, mm -hmm. um, but I really got into indie comics like, um, like, uh, like hate comics, um, like Weirdo, um, 
by Daniel Klaus. Uh, Robert Crumb was a huge influence. Um, I I found a lot of his stuff, and I was like, I really loved his art style. Um, um, Evan Dorkin, who did uh, Milk and Cheese and um, and like uh, a series based off of like um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He did a comic book oh. series based on that. Oh, that's neat. Um, and and he his latest uh, comic series, I think, is called Beasts of Burden. Okay. Um, and he's on Twitter. You can follow him, and he's still he's still making comics. Um, I still follow a lot of comic book artists. Um, that's still a medium that is just I just find amazing because it is it's like um, I mean it is kind of like storyboarding. So I mean a lot of a lot of uh, there's quite a few movies that have had like um, m- movie adaptions from comic books. Um, and Go- Go- Ghost World was one of them. That's one example. And Ghost World was Daniel Klaus's uh, comic book story that was turned into a movie, um, and that's a great comic book actually, um, even better than the the film I think. But uh, so that medium was really inspirational. Um, video games, I think, I think I started getting back into video games when I was working at Danger um, when the PS2 was around. Um, I started getting into. I didn't necessarily get into like uh, third-person shooting games. I wasn't really into the violent games for some. I was really into the weird games, and I don't know why, but they just kind of appealed to me. Um, uh, Double Fine came out with uh, their 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 game, um, Psychonauts. Yes, and I'm I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yeah, Psychonauts. I I am a huge I'm a huge fan as well. Um, I that would I would say that would be my dream company if I was to work in game dev. Um, uh, who, who knows? But uh, game, games like that, that had, it just, it just felt like it was crafted by artists. It's, you know, it just had that feel. It just, games like that just, um, they're, they have a character that looks like it was really put together with love, love and care. And it just, it was just off the beaten path. Like it didn't, it, it tried new things. Um, and so games like that. So, um, and uh, so uh, yeah, another game was uh, Katamari Damacy, which was another one that blew my mind. Um, wow. I don't you know if are, you've ever played it. Y- yes, I actually, you know, these games that inspire you are games that I have played in the past when I was much, much, much younger. Oh, that, yeah. It, that game was awesome. You, you basically roll a ball of stuff around and it gets bigger and then it, and then it goes into weird, goofy, somewhat sexual uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was a weird game, but it was cool. Um, it's very creative. It, it was it, it was something that we needed in the industry because it was I, I mean it was unlike anything else. I have yet to find a game that was like it. Yeah, uh, it was, had an awesome soundtrack too. Um, and, and actually, that was the first. I think that was the first game where it's like um, it was a cool game, but also had a cool soundtrack. And and that's a combo I always kind of look for too. Um, I see that more and more with indie games. Yeah, um, they, I uh, soundtrack. Man, for good games and good soundtrack, Mega Man Two and Jet Set Radio were mine. Oh yeah, man! I never, I never got a chance to play Jet Set Radio, but um, I, 
I think, yeah, so man, there are so many games I didn't get to play because I just didn't have the, I just didn't have access to the platform. Um, if I had my hands on a Nintendo, I'd probably be playing, I would have probably played a lot more Nintendo games when I was younger, but um, I just, I don't know. Uh, I think I just started with PS2, um, and I think before then it was like, yeah, so I grew up with weird platforms before there were, even before Nintendo, and it was just, I, I, yeah, I don't know. So it was kind of like, my experience is kind of strange, but um, I think, also, man, so I got I got lost in thought right there. Sorry about that. Um, I think the ADHD is kicking in again. Um, <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Uh I'm thinking of still so, okay. Sorry, I was thinking of other games that were that I was playing. But basically, it's, games like that I started getting into again, um, and and it just kind of went from there. And um, and I think I guess uh, I think also um, comics. Um, I started getting into comic making comics. Um, only because I started meeting people in San Francisco when I first moved there, and uh, I met I met this group of people that were involved in a group called uh, the Cartoonist Conspiracy, and we got together and just kind of made comics together, and I just ended up started self publishing comics from there, and there was this really neat art challenge called Twenty Four Hour Comic Jam. Where you would make comics, and um, uh, you would basically spend like uh, a whole night, like twenty-four hours, making mm-hmm. a comic from beginning to end. And was there like a length requirement? Uh, or is it just like you know whatever you came to mind? Well, I think whatever you whatever you can do. Yeah. Oh. Um, hmm. I always went for twenty-four pages, but even that was kind of a, a stretch hard to do but it was it was a good creative challenge um i don't know if i can do it now but maybe um but yeah lots of late nights doing that um and that's actually that's actually also how i met uh um i met doc through through that group um and um i also started making music again because of doc um Mm -hmm. i i made it earlier but um my friend Doc Pop, I, I'll, I'll probably be mentioning him quite a bit, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. Thankfully, through, through the friends I've met in 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 living in San Francisco, um, I was able to like keep my interest going in comics and uh, making music and even video games. Um, uh, my friend Nikolai was also a huge inspiration as far as like uh, getting more into video games because i think his when you meet that friend who's really passionate i think it kind of rubs off onto you right and you kind of get inspired as well and um he was really into certain types of games um he would like he was also into like really weird games like weird games that were off the beaten path and like did something different and kind of revolutionary so he was he was always aware of those kind of games and um uh so yeah, I kind of I kind of just kind of 
I think I think uh, I can just uh, thank my friends and family for just who I am and the reason I keep doing art, I guess. Because um, I know there's people out there that dig it. And um, yeah, so thankfully now I can just kind of do it on my own. But um, yeah, I don't know if that answered the question, but... <laughs> no, it, it, it definitely did. Um... There was another uh, IP that you worked on, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah. How was that? Um, yeah, so that was for, that was another game for Siftio. I was actually on the verge of talking about that before I segued into something else, but it's all good, man. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was that was a cool cool product to work on. Um, we got to chat with the, uh, the team at Nickelodeon a couple of times to work on that. Um, they were co also coming out with um, their version um, of the show on Nickelodeon at mm -hmm. the time. It was like 2010, 2011, I think. Okay. Um, I thought the show was pretty cool. It was like a, um, all 3D animated. Um, had a cool look. Um, so yeah, I think, I think um, our collaboration came at the right time for them to promote their show and stuff um uh, but um yeah uh, it was done on the siftio platform and uh i think it was probably one of if they had any hits it was probably one of their biggest hits but um but again it was it was kind of an of an obscure platform so it didn't do quite as well as it could have done i think um but um but it was kind of a cool experience, anyways. Um, I didn't, so I I did a lot of pixel art for that and a lot of animation for that as well. And uh, it was really neat to design a game that took place on a on a really small screen. And I I'm amazed it got made, to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> the screen's like it's like an inch in an inch inch by inch thick. Um, and you put them together and and to to basically create the game board and um yeah i'm amazed that we were able to 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 uh design games on on that platform it was a cool platform and um i i, I wish i wish it could have gone further i think um was it was it difficult to design for it it seemed like you had to uh i don't know you had to keep movement in mind um because it, you know you had the tilt controls and connecting them i'd say i'd i'd say we were limited as far as what we can do mm -hmm. but i think that made it made the process a little easier because we didn't have as many things to to consider as far as designing um so there was like um tilting in each direction and like uh shaking and uh, a few other gestures you could do i think you, you i think you can push the screen as well but yeah, so it was basically we were just just working from that, um, uh, like tilting, shaking, tapping, um, and we had those parameters to work from, and I think it was okay. I, I you couldn't do anything. You have to do very two D flat two D stuff. You couldn't do any three D stuff. Um, I don't think. Um, so lots of sliding characters, lots of popping things. Um, yeah, very, very, very basic stuff. But 
Um, and, and it was mostly geared towards ed- educational stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there was, I think there was, um, there was some divide as far as like, is it, is it like, is it for, for just arcade games? Is it just for educational games? And, um, so the direction on that, it was kind of mixed. Um, mm. And did, did Nickelodeon have a huge hand in that, or did they basically just hand you whatever resources you needed? Um, they, they just, they were just there to make sure that the their IP was on point as far as um, in the game, like it being recognizable, like all the characters being recognizable, mm-hmm. um, and it taking place in a familiar setting, familiar to the story. Um, so that was the extent of their involvement. Um, as far as the design of the game, we, that was up to us. So we, I think we had a lot of freedom in that regard. Well, that's good. I, you always yeah. hear, again, you always hear stories about uh, companies and management and suits in general uh, dipping their hands into the uh, creative process where they are uh, basically newcomers in. Well, yeah, we were. Well, yeah, we were. We were newcomers as well. I mean, to the to, to the whole game industry. So, um, our platform. So, um, so as far as game dev is concerned, you can see where I'm kind of like it's. I'm nervous to talk about it because I, I never really thought I felt. I never really felt like I fit into the game industry. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um. I always felt like I was an, on the outskirts because I never worked for an actual game company, a company that just made games, and that was their thing. And um, and yeah, so I can't. So it's going to be a different experience, and it's yeah. So well, I welcome that experience. I I, I welcome that you talk about it because it's something that I don't hear every single day, and it's something that the uh, that people just in general don't hear every single day. Yeah, it uh, it was yeah closer to startup culture. To but tell that's you the truth. but that's like really cool though because that's something that again like you were on the fringe of like internet boom, uh, technology boom, um, all of that stuff, and and I think that that hugely impacts the way you work in, in that time in, in an era in an era where new technology is emerging constantly left and right left and right proprietary platforms are popping up left and right whereas I've had the luxury of developing on basically a closed platform mm. um, or basically uh, the entity of the big three you know notable oh. platforms notable developers notable companies um processes and templates have already been designed implemented and and followed and everything has the groundwork has been laid so comparing that's contra- got a though. at least you have a guideline that's, yeah uh, but compare yeah. and contrasting that to somebody who was essentially making the guidelines um is <laughs> is super awesome i it I, I guess it could be i um that it's also it, it's also frustrating because making making the guidelines like making something from scratch especially uh especially a platform mm-hmm. um is i don't it's um it's it's going to take a couple of iterations and it's it's not necessarily going to be great right out the gate but it could be um 
I, I, th- I think for, for I think in the case of the companies that I worked for, I think they had some great products out the gate. The, the, the T-Mobile Psychic was pretty amazing, and um, the Siftio cubes were pretty cool. Um, I I would say um, I did I on Squirrel Wars. I I would say um, the only I think the if I had any um, negative anything negative to say about the experience, I would say that um, I. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, we didn't use um, something like Unity that mm-hmm. kind of existed back then, um, or Unreal. We didn't use uh, an existing engine to make a game. Um, we they we made the decision to make our own engine, and that's that's something that's something else that that can cause game development to like be really slow. I think. Um, Instead of just using an already existing uh, game engine, mm-hmm. so um, I would say if I were to do anything different, I would say I would want to do a game on an already existing engine where I know I can have really cool tools and do really cool things with, and I wouldn't have to worry about that aspect. And I would think that would save a lot of time and 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 stress as well. I think. Um, Actually, yeah, I would, that would be my advice as well. Like, don't don't do the work of creating your engine unless you like doing that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, because it's gonna take a while. It's, it's a headache. So. It's um, I mean, while yeah. the benefits are, you know, you any of the tools that you need, you made everything that you need, you know, you have. But yeah. dedicating that time to, well, I mean, essentially laying the groundwork for your self and just solely yourself is very hard. It's it's uh, I respect anyone who who is really good at marketing themselves and selling themselves. Uh, it, it I I looked up to them and hopefully learned something from them. <laughs> um, and again, uh, my my tensions were kind of stretched because I was in game dev, but I also had the desire to be standalone artist, and I didn't have the time to to really figure out how to do that. So, um. And that's that's why I feel like I haven't I felt like I really haven't found any great success yet. So, because um, I I feel like I just need focus on a thing to find to get really good success. Um, I feel like I'm on the cusp of it, but um, I feel I, hopefully this is a good year. I, I feel like good things are going to happen. No, I, I believe it. There's actually. So actually, what um something completely random, but I know that Bungie and is hiring for a bunch of remote locations, and I think California is an area that they're supporting. North Carolina as well too, but you're not on the East Coast. Um, so I would implore you. And Naughty Dog is hiring there over there in uh, Santa Monica, and yeah, a bunch of these notable game development companies are are hiring for artists and stuff like that. So I wouldn't think that it would be detrimental to you to just shoot something their way. I really should. I really should just uh apply to to places that I want to work at. Yeah, to everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I just you just do it. I again, that was a I mean, you said you listened to uh, the first episode, I, I, that was a golden nugget of advice that I was given was just apply. Everybody's always hiring, and you exactly. never you never know when uh, when they'll take it or when they'll uh, support you. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I'm really, I should take that advice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, again, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that we connected. We're mutuals and, and acquainted uh, via the internet. So I, yeah, yeah, I, I just, I can't imagine meeting anybody that uh, I admire more on the, on the art side of things. Um, oh. I mean, there was another person that I'd really, really admired, but she was going through some rough stuff and I actually met her in 2016 and I'm a big fan of her art but she's kind of just disappeared so I don't know where she you know I don't know where she went oh well I'm sure she'll come around (laughs) I'm sure she will uh but yeah um well is there any questions that you wanted to ask me um Actually, yeah. I, there's man. I I want to know if you can talk about what like what game you're working on and like where are you working? What 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 where do you go to? Uh, well, after Ubisoft, um, so we launched Watch Dogs Legion in 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 2019. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and then we had a battle pass. Uh, well, not a battle pass. It was like a season pass thing, and and uh, working on that a little bit. And uh, honestly, a lot of the time I was just struggling to. And I spent a lot of time talking to my brother and, and my friends about this, wh- whether or not I just continue wa- wanting to be there, because it was, um, it was just too much. Uh, it it was it was an endless cycle of emails and and bantering and 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 back and forth and and I just felt like there wasn't anything that I truly had control over, um, mm. just because the things were moving so fast and all the were all the requests that I had were basically being denied. I wanted to be moved to the Splinter Cell team. Um, I'm a huge fan of stealth action games, so I wanted desperately to be over there, but they basically <laughs> kept canning the reboot. And, um, yeah, so I just eventually got tired and, and, and in January of 2020, or was like January or February, um, I got headhunted by, uh, how do I say this? I got headhunted by somebody who basically works for Microsoft and their government contract. Oh wow. Okay. Um sector. So he basically wanted to know he wanted my portfolio and to see if I was able to work on a uh, a training program for Space Force. Oh, okay. And this was a very huge huge jump for me. Um it was something that I could not turn down if that makes sense it was something that i desperately wanted to be a part of i i think i remember my brother listening to me just absolutely losing my mind over phone calls for like a week because it was just phone tag left and right left and right um and i and i got reached out through linkedin and this is something that uh they wanted fresh blood they wanted somebody with uh experience in the game industry because essentially the training program is you know a large video game oh wow uh, except for okay. just vr ar and less you know uh controller inputs so they wanted somebody with a fresh mind uh, from a reputable company 
that uh, essentially did good work. So they were headhunting a bunch of people. So we, my coworkers were people from Activision, people that worked on Call of Duty, people that worked with James Cameron's The Avatar. Um, essentially everybody who was like a decade or 15 years my senior. Um, so it was at the time, 2020, let's see, uh, I was 23. So I, it, it was very nerve wracking. It was, I was very anxious every day for those phone calls to go back and forth. And you, and you're talking about the United States space yes, force. Yes. Actual, yes. Actual space yeah. force. That's, that's, that's neat. The fact yeah. that they, I could, wow, that I, I could imagine that the training experience for it, that it was um <laughs> uh yeah it i got design documents i got stuff that i unfortunately i can't share i maybe i can never share but i got so much like futuristic stuff in my email and <laughs> and it's like i don't even know how to describe it it, it was just mind-numbing searing even to think that i was about to jump into something essentially the 12 foot end pool oh and wow. uh yeah without any any parachute any life vests or anything like that i i just i just i don't know i just felt compelled i just pulled the trigger i, I was on phone calls all all day every day for the entire week and um one of well when he finally said uh yeah dude so do you have anybody that you work with closely that you can bring on i i jumped at the chance of calling my closest friend and was like let's do it oh awesome so you so you're are you working for them now like officially or i mean it it was it's an experience it's an experience that's all i can say oh, okay all right okay <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's cool that's all i have to say okay i mean yeah it's yeah i so i I didn't even know. I I was wondering if there's still a thing, if Space Force is still existing. So yeah, I, they just uh, announced any... the um, uniforms not too long ago. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, it's. I'm gonna have to look in, into that then. Um, uh, unfortunately, now uh, the only thing I've heard about it is like the the show that's kind of loosely based on it, which is weird. Um, so. Space Force on Netflix and yeah, uh, yeah. with um, uh, <laughs> Steve Steve Carell Steve Carell Steve Carell yeah yeah that's uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah corny stuff but unfortunately is it funny that, is it good um it it's it's okay it, I it's okay like I mm. again it's like um that it's that thing where it's like um I can spend only so much time watching stuff before i lose interest and i need to start making stuff again so oh, okay <laughs> that's understandable um um but yeah that's that's a cool experience um uh that's awesome. yeah like i said i i sent them a bunch of my work and some ui stuff some 3d modeling stuff just basically anything that i had my hands on and uh they liked it like i said it That's was good. it was cool the I don't know if I could talk about pay but that was something that was like I can't turn this down either um <laughs> so I, yeah it, it was just it was just a lot it was overwhelming I think is the best word to put it overwhelming for a 23 year old Oh yeah oh yeah I can imagine um that's yeah wow. and, and I ended up calling uh 
essentially my older brother, who is a um, drill sergeant in the um, army. And I had called him and was like, hey, man, are these guys legit? That was the first phone call I made. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. This is like, this is real. That's that's cool. Um, I, I, I just imagine anyone that needs to work for the federal government has to also go through, like, training. Like, <laughs> like well, if you're going to make a video game about it, you better go into training and learn how to shoot a gun and all that. Well, uh, yeah, actually, my friend, uh, not my friend, my, my older brother, basically, um, I, I, I'm sure it's on my Twitter. I'm sure you, you might have seen it, the pinned tweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. there we go again. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah, you posted, like, some photos of, like, um, like doing some gun training. I remember that. Um, yeah, it was uh, it it was very again very intense. Uh, we were in a um, we were in a very famous location, uh, in like right outside of Microsoft headquarters. Um, yeah, like just it, it was again super cool, and I don't even know how to I don't even, I genuinely don't even know how to describe it. Um, I basically got through the functions. They basically gave me uh any pick of anything humanly possible like sang just was like whatever you want to shoot so just oh, wow. pick i was like can i shoot everything he was like yeah i was like oh my god so it was uh yeah it, it was i don't again i don't even know how much i could say but it, it was just really cool uh, he gifted me some gloves some uh military headphones which were like thousands of dollars um gear everything the whole nine yards and uh yeah I- yeah yeah um that's that's cool yeah i mean there's there's always going to be perks um i i would say yeah i mean when you're i guess when you're you're experiencing it right now you're in it so i would imagine it's kind of hard to 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 describe unless you've got a few years afterwards to yeah eventually it'll digest yeah you know um but yeah, yeah essentially i got professional training so I know how to do everything and anything in a real combat situation. Um, so yeah, like it's it's again pro- cool. professional training. It was like three days of professional training. Um, oh wow! And we were in there, and and we were the only ones in there. Like they cleared out the entire place. Um. So it was yeah, pretty much anything that I could ever imagine. Um was there i, I could so build build my I, own rifle and do the whole nine yards as, as far as i know as far as i know the military has sort of a video game setup or gamification kind of thing going on where they've got like a thing you can you you strap yourself into and you kind of experience as far as on the uh, field yes track. uh the the omni track yeah is is what it's called it's like this giant treadmill that moves in eight directions Okay. Um, it you strap in and then you can walk, um, and it's this oh, wow. huge VR panels and like. So it's VR, cool. Yeah. Okay. So if you run it, you you know your character actually runs in game. If you uh, um, crouch, it crouches. You know. Um. Yeah. It's 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 super cool. Oh man. <laughs> uh. Yeah. V VR. Man. VR is another thing. Another frontier that's happening. It's in um, its infancy, I still believe. I yeah, yeah. Um that that's kind of I I'll admit that's one thing 
that also got me excited about learning 3D just mm-hmm. cuz I wanted I wanted to be head of the game and be part of that experience if 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 there's a chance. So I think I think that's another driving force of me learning 3D. So um if anyone is wondering why I started learning it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's before before the NFT started going crazy um there was there's there was this three D artist called um oh my god am I gonna mispronounce his name now um son of a uh yeah yeah I'm probably gonna mispronounce his name um oh man anyways I he he was this artist on Twitter that was posting amazing three D stuff of like uh uh. A, a giant robot, Clinton, and like he he would he would take a pop culture elements and throw it into like a three D uh, landscape and mm-hmm. add robots and giant uh, buildings and and animate them and uh, I th- I think he did like a giant robotic Donald Trump at one point like destroying <laughs> the earth or something or like <laughs> chomping on things eating people I think um, yeah. And why do I want to call him? Oh my God! Am I showing my age now? Holy crap! Um, bleep, bleepo, bleep, bleep, blip, shit. Yeah. Sorry, I am. I'm totally bad at this. Um, <laughs> it's all good, man. Anyways, he had a name, uh, yep. and I should know it, and I don't, and I feel really bad. But uh, I guess it's been out of sight, out of mind for a while, and that's the thing. That's the thing that happens um, with uh, is, with ADHD, yeah. With any, well, if with anything, if if it's if it's not in in your vernacular, if it's not rolling around in your brain all the time, you're gonna kind of forget about it after a while. So, um, and I guess maybe that's a good thing that I'm forgetting about the origin story of NFTs. So, um, are you? I guess the last question I have for you here is that: oh, How do you feel about it? Are you gonna dive into it? Dive into NFTs. Um, that that's it's a it's a topic of contention between oh, no, no, artists it, yeah. and just in general. I I will say that I've always been in, interested in the concept of it. Um, not necessarily the form that it has taken right now, but um, I like the idea of selling uh things, selling art, selling products in a virtual reality environment. Uh, the metaverse, if you if you will, um, and it hasn't gotten there yet, I don't think. But I like the idea of going into a virtual gallery and like checking out art, and like or making my own virtual reality and like showcasing art and stuff and selling it. But I don't know. It still feels like it's it's not it's it's not a video game, and it's not. Uh, I don't know. I it's uh the more I think about it, the less excited I, I get I get about it. Um, it just it's always kind of felt like a pyramid scheme to me, like a, mm-hmm. just a way to make money for for crypto bros. And <laughs> I, I mean, it just seems like um, an area where people have too much expendable income have grouped together to continue to make more expendable income. I, I man, I feel there's some there's something there that's better that's that's yet to come that will be derived from this whole thing. 
mm-hmm. but it hasn't made itself known yet. I don't think. Um, I'm sure lots of people are working on it, but yeah, but yeah, it's. I'll I'll see when the when the, when the metaverse comes and you're able to like purchase NFTs or something similar to it online in that moment. Um, I think I think the evolution of NFTs will be really cool. I, I like the idea of the idea that maybe you can like there's an NFT that's interactive, mm-hmm. um, an NFT that you can open and play like a game, and and only you can do it. And only you can experience that, and it's, or it's like a gateway to another part of the metaverse that only you have access to. So it's kind of like a key to um, a very private place that's constructed for that particular experience that only the holder of the coin can experience. Um, I haven't seen anything like that yet, but that would be kind of cool. Um, I just, yeah, this the whole idea of like a, a flat. Boring image doesn't make it. This is not interesting to me. If it was just something more, if it had more dimension to it, more interactivity, yeah, uh, then I think it would start getting more exciting, and 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 maybe maybe the metaverse is the thing that will allow that to happen. Maybe I don't know. So, but yeah. So I'm still I'm still looking at it. I'm still paying attention to it because uh, it I. I could see it growing. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to ignore, you know, it's, it's just, it's uh, constantly in the news cycle. It's like the next big thing. Um, it's like the next big tiger market. I mean, you inevitably have to turn your eyes and ears towards it as an artist. I assume there, there was a huge split between um, traditional artists yeah. and, and NFT artists. And I, I, yeah, I definitely follow a lot of um, traditional artists that, uh, definitely did not like the whole idea um especially because there was so much uh there was so much art being s- stolen um mm-hmm. to to make these things like stolen from people that have made nfts and decided just to use other people's artwork and that kind of basically that kind of uh, activity kind of ruined any kind of impression you could have on the whole thing um so yeah um, okay. Um, th- you mentioned comics earlier, and I wanted to say that I grew up on Calvin and Hobbes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we, may sh- we may share that in common. Yeah, um, I I could say that I grew up in the '80s, and I also grew up in the '90s. So um, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> how? Uh, I guess this is solely for. Um, just our age difference. Uh, what were you doing in '97? In '97, um, I was in art school. Um, mm-hmm. I was very influenced by by films coming out. Um, I think I think Dark City came out in 1999. Um, but I was always into like movies like that um, that were existential, that that kind of bent reality and took you to another place. Yeah. Um, that that kind of that kind of stuff was always inspiring to me. Um, as far as video games, I don't even remember playing video games um, <laughs> at that time. Right, that I don't 
think it was a huge I mean, influence. it could it could be anything, you know. Like, what were you doing in school? Like, do you, do you remember a, a project that you were working on? Uh, who were your friends? I mean, were you? Oh no, I was. So I was. I don't I was know, dabbling work. in drugs. Like, there could be a ton of things that you were doing <laughs> in '97. You know, I was. So I w- I had my head in my sketchbook. I okay. Pretty much went anywhere, everywhere, and sketched stuff. And um, I think I think. Uh, I think that's where I met my my I met some I think that's where I met some folks who were getting into gaming. Um I feel like you know, correct me if I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but that's kind of that that's past Quake, right? That's I mean uh, there was ninety seven other... was uh Half Life, Quake. Half Life Quake, okay. Uh well it was like Half Life Two, Quake Three, uh Unreal Engine was becoming a thing, Final Fantasy Seven just came out, and Metal Gear Solid had just released. Yeah. Yeah, again, yeah. So again, I wouldn't be able to have access to that mm. because of platform and just not even aware of it. Um I again also uh no internet like the kind we have now. Oh, yeah, that must be um I was kind of living in a weird bubble where I was just I was my head my head full in like uh being an artist, learning about art, sketching, doing mm-hmm. going to drawing workshops, um uh art parties, um a few meeting trying trying to meet people. Yeah, it was just completely different. <laughs> Um, my access to media was basically just, uh, movies, movies. Lots, of, lots of films, um, uh, found a lot of really cool and, uh, lots of really cool music. Um, I started getting into, there was, there was like a, there was like a psychedelic wave of music back then that, that started, um, um, Olivia Olivia Tremor Control was a, a band that I used to listen to a lot, and they 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 belong to the Elephant Six Collective, and they came out of Georgia, and they they just made music that was completely different from what was happening at the time. It was just it felt like psychedelic music coming from the '60s. They had that vibe to it, mm-hmm. and I was immediately hooked, and um, I started looking for music like that. And um, I, I would say music was a huge influence um, in these days. So that's actually a good question. Um, I I went from like this psychedelic kind of uh, experimental music uh, to uh, drum and bass. I was really into drum and bass. Oh, okay. Um, and I was really into drum and bass because uh, at a time I was also really into hip hop. Mm. Um, and that also segued into jazz. I was really into a lot, lot, lots of different types of music. Um, I think that was really the fuel of my creativity, to tell you the truth. Um, just I was just really into a, lots of different types of music, um, especially any, any kind of music that just kind of blew my mind and like prompted me to like pull out my sketchbook and start making stuff. So, oh wow, that's that uh, the kind yeah. Of I like the variety. I like the variety of music that you had in in your in your library. But oh. uh, but again, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. The time again has flown by. It is two, oh. it's like two hours now. But uh, just to get to the closing questions to wrap this up, unfortunately, uh, what's one piece of advice you can share with your li- uh, with our listeners today about uh, I don't know becoming an artist? Um, 
becoming an artist or well here's some general advice um don't let yourself burn out drink lots of water take lots of breaks and um get medicated if you're having problems focusing or making huge decisions um or if you've had trauma in the past uh look into getting medicated because it could always help and don't be ashamed of the fact that you're different from others neurologically because i think that's probably become probably going to become something that's more mainstream if more people talk about it but mm-hmm. yeah um i don't know as as an artist uh yeah just keep making stuff um Force yourself just to make garbage art if you're if you have artist block. Um, just make just make garbage art on purpose. Uh, it really helps um, to get the flow back. Um, I think that's really the only advice I can give right now. Okay. Um, and two, where can listeners learn more about you? Um, I'm known as Ekimtiki on the internet. You can spell that as E K I M T I K I. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. And on TikTok, I'm Ikimtiki2. And I'm also on YouTube. You can find me there as Ikimtiki as well. Um, yeah, so that, that, is, um, that is it. Uh, E-K-I-M-T-I-K-I. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for showing interest and being on the show with me. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And this has been uh, Mike Hales. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me.